Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Welcome to the Church of Roy, a sports drink original podcast. Morning today's show may include adult language. And here are your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve Ewald. Welcome everybody to the latest episode of the Church of Roy podcast. I'm your host as always, Steve Dewald. Hey, Blazers haven't won. Well, I guess they won one game since we last recorded, but they're they're coming yep. coming in on a three-game losing streak. But we're going to get to plenty of that, and I want to introduce my co-host, as always, as well, Brian Wilcox. Brian, how are you doing? Good, man. A nice little visit out to Oregon to see family and friends. It was frenetic, to say the least, since I don't get out there enough. It was uh, never a dull moment, but um, had a blast. It's a good time. The, the rolling hills of Hermiston, Oregon. And, That's and, right. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. God, God's country. I, I'm actually headed out that direction this weekend so i i had i had to work on the holiday but my wife did make sure a plate was saved for me so i i definitely got my my fill of thanksgiving food but you know i'm not going to complain but i did not get the leftover amount (laughs) that i generally like really like to enjoy i'm not sick of thanksgiving food and normally that's the boat i'm in at this point so poor guy Poor, just you know, real hard problems. So let's talk about this Blazers team. Since the last time, let's we re- do it. <laughs> Man. Like, oh no, we got to talk about them. Um, yeah. So you know, last episode, I'm talking about how I'm thankful that everybody's kind of come together and everything seems to be trending in the right direction. And then I, I learned a lesson again where you just can't put that type of stuff into the universe as a Blazers fan. So they did beat a, a depleted Denver team since the last mm-hmm. time we talked, we recorded right before that game, but then they dropped three games in a row uh, 
all on the road, which is a, a theme that we'll I'm sure we'll get into. Um, they lose to the Kings, the Nuggets, and then they lost to the Jazz. And then as we're recording now, they are getting ready to face the Detroit Pistons. So, and that is going to be without Damian Lillard, another subject we'll touch on later. So, Brian, three games, three, another three road losses. What is going on? What what have you seen through three games? What what's your take on on what's going on with Portland right now? Well, you know, different coaching staff and results are the exact same, maybe even a little worse. Uh, they let the Kings shoot fifty two percent, and that was even, you know, lost by four at home. Um, and a game that really Nurk, Dame, Norman, Noss all played pretty well in this season. That's you'd think that'd be enough, especially against a Kings team, but. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they gave up 52% from the field and dropped it. Uh, went to Golden State on the road, mm-hmm. lost by 15, and really played in every aspect of the game. That one, they gave up 54%. Wiggins had the honorary uh, <laughs> yeah. guy who's just going to shred Portland with the extremely efficient 25 in that game. Mm-hmm. And then um, Monday, just got hammered by the Jazz, but – 22. They actually played him pretty tough for the first half, I thought. But, um, you know, it was a game Nurk played really well. Simons mm-hmm. had his highest scoring output of the year. But once again, it didn't matter as the Jazz shot 53% from the field. Uh, that one, Gobert, Ingles, Mitchell, Clarkson all just kind of ran wild. And yeah. so, you know, yeah. this is just a team that can't defend still. Yeah. I want to, before we get into the defense thing, that the road record you know, is just wow. obs- obscene right now. It's one in 10. The only victory is against, you know, a team that is very much rebuilding, tanking, whatever you want to call it in the Houston Rockets. Mm. It's just wild to see how bad this team has been on the road as far as the results go. And typically, you know, the Blazers have relied on role players, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, and these role player guys typically don't really translate traditionally home to road, but it never really has bugged the Blazers so much. Damian Lillard has been so good. Some mm-hmm. of these guys fill in, they're not depending on them for scoring and it's just not coming together. And, and I think what we're seeing, and it's going to be a common theme that we'll bring up again and again and again is we're finding out how good Damian Lillard really has to be for this team to be playing to, to get the record where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. It, the, the margin for error, how this roster is constructed is very small. And when your star player is not, you know, something's a little off or, or the margin is just tight. And right now we've seen, you know, the coaching, we have a coach who appears, you know, he has good moments, bad moments, but he's, let's face it. He's learning on the fly here. This is the biggest coaching opportunity he's ever had. He his only coaching opportunity. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I mean, he was an assistant. assistant. He was for an one assist- year, yeah. yeah, assistant coach for one year, had a six week boot camp with, right. <laughs> with Ty, Ty Lu. So, but still, we're, we're watching a coach learn on the fly. We're, wa- we're watching some guys learn this new system, but it just shows you how thin that, that margin for error is when Damian Lillard isn't 100% and isn't playing like a star level player all the time. And then you couple that in with a couple of role players who have taken a clear step back. And mm-hmm. one guy I really want to talk about because it's been it's been tough to watch is Robert Covington. And it's clear that he's also frustrated. 
uh, throws his mask, at, tosses his mask at an official. I think throws a little too strong, yeah. um, and, and get earns a fine there. And you know he has been, it's been bad on offense in these last three losses. I mean he's he's been completely blanked in two of them. Uh, zero points against the Kings, uh, a game where the mask incident happened. Uh, zero points against Utah, and, and only nine points against Golden State. Right now on the season, he's just below 40% shooting from three, um, just above uh, 40% shooting from the field. This isn't totally uncommon for us to see this from Robert Covington when he first arrived in Portland. His first couple months were, were pretty bad on the offensive end. I mean, he didn't shoot above 35% from three until March uh, of last year. So. Yeah. It's it's not uncommon. What what the difference is though is he's not really making a huge positive impact on the defensive end now, and like that's the big difference. It's like you got to be one or the other, especially when you're talking about a player that you gave up two first round picks to get in Damian Lillard's prime. And if it's really only going to be one year of productive play, you're going to get out of it. That trade starts to look uglier and uglier, especially as guys like we're going to see tonight in Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, some of these other players that are, are kind of blossoming into their, into the role, especially in Sadiq Bay, who also plays at a position of need. And it's just kind of rough to watch. Brian, what, what do you make of the role players or Robert Covington in the last week or so? It's not every day you can double your money, but with MyBookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With MyBookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. At MyBookie.ag and use the promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots are taking on the Bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo has looked like a legit Super Bowl contender, however, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRENGTH at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRENGTH to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the margin of error on this team is so small. And it really is a testament to just how good Lillard has been over the last few years. And he's been able to, you know, Blazers have continually been able to outperform expectations, at least from a win-loss record. But Covington, he just looks so tentative in all aspects of his game. Um, the defensive thing is really strange. I mean, you hit it on the head with his shooting. 
and uh, kind of his play offensively, but defensively is where it's really concerning. He just looks a step slow, and I'm not really sure what to do. <laughs> do you just yeah. wait, or do you have time to wait? Uh, do you do you see a potential lineup change on the horizon? I, I think before we talk lineup change, I think what you kind of run into, and it's kind of the opposite of what you see with Anthony Simons, when you have a prototype or a player that fits a certain prototype, like Anthony Simons, you shoot your way out of that slump. That's what you ask that guard to do. Now, what do you do with a, you know, a low usage three and D guy when he's not really like, how do you get a a player like that out of the slump? Is it just one game where they start hitting Mm -hmm. on threes? Like, I don't know how you work your way out of that, especially on the defensive end when it it's clear that this system might not align with his skill set is at least what it looks like year over year. I, I, that might be oversimplifying it, but yeah, I, I don't know what you do to get him out of that slump. Certainly, you know, reducing his minutes and trying to give him more practice time. I don't know if that works. I don't know if that's a winning recipe for a player on the other side of 30, especially a mm-hmm. player who's heading into free agency. Like that might not be a recipe for a positive attitude or around the practice facility. I, I'm curious what, what they do. I mean, also let's, let's be clear here. Larry Nance Jr.'s cooled off a little bit in the last week. So it's not really clear what, what the lineup change is, but I, I think you're getting to the point where you're probably going to start trying stuff. And, you know, the back end of the show, we're going to talk about something else, but you know, it, it's as far as what, what do you do? Do you, is it time to start looking for a trade? You, you know, you have this expiring contract, but you know, Portland's front office situation and, and specifically their president of basketball operations or their effective GM and Neil O'Shea, like his future we, we still don't know what's going on there. So is this a guy we're going to trust to to try to put together a big blockbuster trade with big salaries? I don't see Neil out there really lighting up the phone lines while he's under investigation, just fighting for his job. So, and, and you know, unless it's organizing the new union for executives, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, kind of going back to Roco too, he's honestly, when I say tentative and just a step slow and kind of coincides with something that Chauncey was quoted as saying the other night, where he says, or he said about the team that we play with the casualness and no urgency on the road. Mm-hmm. And he's been really blasting this team's effort all year. And it's clearly not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the players really appreciate it getting aired in public, <laughs> you know, um, and not that their feelings are the most important thing, especially when you're underperforming, but it's, it's like, whatever his method is right now, it's clearly not lighting a fire under their ass on the road. So mm-hmm. That kind of just leads into, you know, lineup changes or what else you can possibly do to kind of just shake things up. You know, it certainly sounds like accountability, you know, when you're, <laughs> when you're mentioning players by name, but, but we're not really seeing, you know, minutes reductions, especially for players who, who aren't fulfilling some of that or players who are coming out flat. I mean, the only player we've kind of seen his minutes fluctuate is Nurkic, which Nurkic, like you mentioned at the top of the show has not been the problem here. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. had, he had a really good game against Utah. I mean, also kind of a product of playing against a traditional center, even though that is a guy like Rudy Gobert, but yeah, I, I think one of the big questions we kept asking, especially, you know, after the hire is, or some of the, some of the quotes came out was, you know, is this a bunch of coach speak or, or is this going to be legit? Is this going to actually be accountability? And right now it just sounds like it's more talk, you know, it's more of the coach speak. It's more of, you know, saying the right things. It's like I said, sound like accountability in the me in the media, but 
I have, we haven't seen the result yet. And, and now I think, you know, it's a little too early to do, you know, full comparisons, but oh, yeah. you know, we're, we're 21 games in as we're recording this. And this team is 29th in, in defensive rating. Uh, they actually have a negative net rating now. Uh, that's, that's a tough look. And then also you look at, you know, compared to last season, also 29th in defensive rating, but I mean, their offense was so good. This comes back to the Damian Lillard stuff we talked about. Damian Lillard was so good. Their offensive rating was 117.1 defensive rating 115.3. So you have a positive net rating of 1.8 when Damian Lillard is hurt or, or taking us, you know, goes through a slump. The defense is still bad. Now the offense isn't as good. Mm-hmm. And now you're, you're at that negative net rating and there's just been no improvement. There, there's been no improvement on the defensive end, and they're really getting beat in a lot of the same ways. And what I guess what are you seeing from, you know, what you could label very loosely as defense through 21 games? Yeah, I mean, the scheme's slightly different, obviously, with you know, them, them guarding the pick and roll much more aggressively, but you're still seeing the open threes. You're still seeing late rotations. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's just you're almost kind of getting cooked the same way, just a little, a little different method. You know, it's like, I don't know. You just kind of wonder if any amount of coaching can really change some of the limitations that have been put on this roster. And I, and I know that a lot of defenders are being continue to be patient. I'll point to the strength of schedule and the, uh, you know, just the general newness of this coaching staff and, and, and giving them a little more time to kind of gel. But when you're not seeing much progress, it, it gets concerning because even the wins are still kind of coming in the same way. It's coming from hitting threes and playing well offensively. You're not seeing that off offensive night where, hey, they're able to put the clamps down and everything kind of works one night. It's really kind of the process of it looks the exact same as last year at the end of the day. It's not every day you can double your money, but with MyBookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With MyBookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots are taking on the Bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo has looked like a legit Super Bowl contender, however, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRENGTH at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRENGTH to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. Church of Roy has a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you're in cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000 early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.symbol.com. That's www.simbul.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. Hey guys, it's Perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here on the Church of Roy called Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is a live audio-only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it on, peeps. And really, it's 
you know, these losses like we're talking about on defense, it's Utah did it the other night. Dan Morang pointed it out on Twitter is that Utah is putting up over a hundred points in just three quarters. And mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't the first, but you know, we're seeing them give up these huge chunks and allowing teams to basically, you know, take it easy for a quarter, or at least not be as dependent to score points in one of those quarters. I, the thing that's so concerning for me is it's not like this team lacks. I mean, I guess it lacks some length and athleticism on the wing, but like they're not getting beat in transition. They're not, they're not getting beat because they're turning the, turning the ball over too much. They're not getting Mm -hmm. beat because they're, giving up huge rebounding deficits. They're getting beat because they're not covering people in half court. And, and it's just like, it's just so much of the scheme. And like, I guess that you can look at it two ways. That's a window for hope that maybe they get the scheme dialed in and, and they can defend guys. Cause they're not getting beat in other areas. But another thing is like, it's clearly not working. Does this, does Portland have the personnel to guard other teams in half court sets and take away shots that teams like to take because we haven't seen that. And that's been a consistent theme under Terry Stotts and now continued under Chauncey Billups, where teams get into the exact sets they want. They get to the shots they want and they score a bunch of points. And it's just like, it's groundhog's day, man. Like we're here. And like, I feel like I'm at the diner and I know everything that's going to happen when the (laughs) game's going on. And it's like, it just, it, you know, it's every day we're, we're, you know, it feels like Bill Murray, man. So yeah, we're on year six of this, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, we thought maybe this new coaching staff be able to really shake it up, but mm-hmm. it's more of the same. And I do think there's kind of a general cloud over this team right now. You mm-hmm. just kind of almost – I think you can feel it as a fan. You can mm-hmm. you can see it a little bit maybe as the team's playing. And I kind of do wonder if some of the – if that playoff loss last year was just so devastating that – it just this team now just kind of has the stink on a little bit. And with all the things that happened throughout the summer with the Dame drama and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's just kind of a general sense of, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know the exact uh, descriptor that really fits, well, but they just got the stink on them a little bit. Steve, well, I mean, I'm trying to say. The, the one thing too, is just how, I mean, this generally how this organization has handled itself, you know, mm-hmm. what well, right or wrong. Well, wherever you stand on the, on the Chauncey Billups thing and, and how it was, how it all went out, went down. I, I think there's a lot of people who can agree that it was not handled great, you know, the, by the organization, um, how it was rolled out to the media, to the fans. I, I think this, like you said, this team has a little bit of a stank on it and, and it's from the interaction with the fans and the people who have really built this team and this organization to what it is. Cause it is a very, Portland, the Blazers have always felt like a very grassroots organization. It's always been a model small market franchise. And mm-hmm. I mean, outside of, you know, the jailblazer era. And I feel like this is kind of another thing where the, the organization itself is a, is a little, I don't know, tone deaf to, to what the fans expect. And, and, you know, Dave Decker wrote, you know, a very long editorial opinion piece uh, about, you know, some of the stuff that's gone on and, and really it comes down to something I struggle with is rooting for this team without any misgivings and feeling like, you know, you you can do this totally guilt-free and and root for this team. And, you know, I I've come around on, on some of the stuff that that was, had me real fired up earlier this year, but still, you know, we're coming up on a month by the time we record again, we're going to be a month in to this Neil O'Shea investigation. It doesn't feel like anything's happening. Like I, and I know maybe that's a good thing, 
you know, maybe, you know, the, these people didn't go through as terrible of a situation as they maybe did, or, or maybe they're really doing their homework to make sure they have a full case against Neil O'Shea, whatever it is. Hopefully the extra time isn't just being wasted. It's actually being put to good use and we're going to get a definitive answer here, but man, I, I I'm losing faith <laughs> that this team and this organization under the Vulcans under Jody Allen is going to make the right move here. Like I just like, it's transitioning to that feeling where you're just waiting for something bad to happen. I, I, I don't know. Very doom and gloom today. Yeah. <laughs> so. it, it is. It's been a couple of bad losses. You kind of wonder if it carries over to the court and some of the players feel the same thing. Um, I don't know. It just hasn't been the most fun blazer season we, no. we've ever seen, but you know, we are only about a quarter of the way. And so mm-hmm. still time for this organization to kind of right the ship and well, get some wins under their belt. Typically you can go, you know, Hey, we got these expiring deals. The Blazers can make a move at the deadline, but you don't know who's going to be the GM. You don't know what the direction of the franchise is going to be. Like Mm -hmm. it's hard to entertain those thoughts, those little nuggets of hope that are out there to latch onto when a team's in a three game losing streak. We just don't have that right now. And I'll say as well too, this, this has been a team that, you know, has always kind of been a plucky fun team, but now I think the pressure is starting to mount with all the Dame stuff and him being, you know, 31 now. Pressure's kind of on. You've, you've made the coaching change. You know, what else do you really have in the quiver to shake things up and, and move forward and improve? And so with the GM under investigation, it's, yeah, there's just not a lot of optimism yeah. and hope to be found. But again, long season, still a lot of games to be played. I, I think like the ultimate move in the wrong direction outside of just mishandling the Neil Olshea situation, whichever direction it goes. If it's clearly mishandled, I mean, that's that's going to be terrible. But, like, the other thing that, that I'm really worried about is they make a move that is pretty clear that they're trying to skirt the tax. <laughs> like, and mm-hmm. there's been various publications in the last week or so that have come out and, you know, labeled some players with their cap number that, hey, if this guy's move for, you know, a smaller salary, the Blazers get under the tax line. If they make a trade and they, you know, to make this – if they make a trade with Damian Lillard and his future in mind, and it's not to make this team better, like that is going to be a huge course, tough pill to swallow as for this fan base. Like it's just kind of, you know, more insult to injury. So I, I really, I really hope they avoid that. If they do make a deal, like hopefully it's to make the team better, obviously. Yeah. And I, I frankly would be surprised if it is just a cost savings move with, I believe Portland will be in the repeater tax. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe it doesn't hit this year. It might be next year. You're a little more well-versed like, on the cap stuff yeah. than I am. But, but you know, I, I, I could totally see it happening. We have to feel like these uh, billionaire owners need to save money, you know, and can't pay for a good team. So, Well, at some point, you know, you know, I you want Anthony Simons to play well, obviously. Like, that benefits the Blazers. But this team's going to have to make a move because – Anthony Simons is going to be headed towards a contract negotiation. He's going to be headed towards restricted free agency. And if you have to tie another, you know, moderately sized deal, moderately to decent sized deal, you're going to have four guards potentially that are all making well over $10 million. I mean, Anthony might be right at 10 million, but you know, still that's a, that's a pretty top heavy roster, especially when you're talking about the defensive, you know, 
the lack of defense on this roster. Like it, it's just tough. Not and, to mention starting four and five are yeah. going into free agency this summer. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the bit the the actual bigs that you have on this team are, are headed towards free agency, which you know, Robert Covington, the way he's been playing, you know, who knows if that's actually gonna be a step back. But let's end with talking about Damian Lillard a little bit here. Uh, mm-hmm. as we go into record here, it sounds like I believe it was announced that he's not going to play against the Pistons. It's basically managing this injury. It's this, this ab injury that he has that sounds like it's going to linger if they keep doing it this way. And and it really kind of calls into question, you know, what's the correct approach here? And I guess what, what do you see or what are you hoping? Like, how would you like to see the Blazers handle this? I know we're both not doctors, but, but yeah, I don't know if it's, I don't know enough about the injury to say, you know, like for me, if it can get better, if he sits a month, I think you go that route, just sit him, get him healthy, have him come back for late season push and go that route. But Mm -hmm. that's something he's going to be dealing with all year, no matter what they do. I guess you just kind of almost take like the Kawhi model, right? Where sit him on back to backs and, and just do the um, rest deal. But man, either (laughs) neither option is very attractive right but I think it just depends on how they feel that injury can best heal and and you just take that route and hope that you know Ant can step up in his absence CJ Norm and you just take it that way Hmm. yeah I'm I just have a hard time if it's a lingering injury like my mindset almost all the time is rest him until it's to a condition where he can come back and it's not something that you're continually managing every other week or every other game or every back-to-back like Mm -hmm. you know take the lump get him better get him back in the roster and and move forward um especially when you do have some depth at the guard position right especially the last couple games ants look phenomenal i think norm's better at the two anyway maybe bump cj to the one Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's ways around that you yeah. can hopefully kind of bail enough water out of the boat until he gets back. I mean, you have over $150 million over the long term tied into non Damon Miller guards. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah. I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, you, you get a return on investment there. Um, I guess the last quick thing is while well, we're talking about injuries, uh, Norman Powell out of the lineup, Tony Snell steps in, um, any, do you take anything from that? I, I mean, obviously you would expect Nasir Little to step into that spot, but is it more of just keeping your rotation somewhat intact or, or do you think this is a message? Yeah, this is the Noah Vonley Memorial starting spot where he yeah. plays, plays a few minutes, comes out. I really think that they just wanted to keep that bench unit together since that bench group has been bringing a lot of energy mm-hmm. to an otherwise flat team, especially on the road at times. And so I think it was just to keep the rotations kind of, kind of whole, but I don't know, yeah. man. <laughs> I, I think Tony Snell didn't like, look great. The, like, I mean, he's a placeholder, low usage, uh, stays out of your high traffic zones where, you know, Nurk wants to be stays in the corner on paper mm-hmm. would theoretically help your spacing with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. And he's certainly not going to be competing for shots from the wing with those guys either. So I, I kind of see it that way. Like you said, very Noah Vonley-esque, but yeah, uh, at some point I, you know, 
it's just hard. It seems counterintuitive. You just want your best players on the floor. And Nasir Little has certainly been that. He's been consistently one of the best players on this team this entire season. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes forward, how the, you know, roster absences are managed. And and he's young and improving. You know, this is a great time to get him acclimated to being a starter because especially if Covington keeps up his level of play, uh, Little might be popping in that starting lineup sooner rather than later. So I I would like to see him out there once he gets over that twisted ankle. Certainly going to be in the discussion. Now, after all that doom doom and gloom for most of this episode, let's Mm -hmm. be clear here. They got a four-game homestand. This team has been great at home. They have some favorable matchups. I mean, Detroit tonight, San Antonio, Boston. Boston has not been great this season. And and the Clippers team they've shown, you know, they can go toe-to-toe with them. Um, So – you know, they they at least split this next four-game series, especially when you consider Damian Lillard is going to miss some time, um, at least one of these games. I'll take it. Now, it wouldn't surprise me, if, you know, this – you know, basically whatever I say, this team does the opposite. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just go 4-0 at home and we're singing a totally different story next week. The home, home away split continues to just absolutely confound me because mm-hmm. – if you remember in one of our season preview episodes, we looked at the road record last year. And there was such a strong road team last year and underperformed at home. And you're seeing just the complete inverse this season. And maybe it's just the law of averages working itself out. I don't know what you the know. hell's going on. Steve, so whatever road program Terry Stotts was running, you know, totally joking. Um, anyway, that's all we got for you this week. Um, like I said, it's still early in the season. A couple wins makes this season feel much different, puts the team back above 500. So uh, hopefully we see that in this week. So, Brian, you got anything before we get out of here? I'm just looking for a good game against Detroit tonight, and tomorrow I'll be – everything will be right as rain. So there we let's go. see it, boys. There we go. I, hopefully I, Isaiah Stewart gets some, a few cheers coming back to the Northwest. <laughs> and we and we know some some LeBron haters are always looking for a hero. So yeah, hopefully hopefully no one elbows. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah you better watch it. All right, that's it. That's all we got. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod, and be sure to check out our live show on Spotify Green Room every Saturday, bright and early at 8 a.m. Pacific.